0: You're listening to The Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Did you know, Becky, that we have a Patreon (laughs) site? (laughs) Do we, Kate? We do! Oh, I love our Patreon site. I
1: may be a little bit biased, but I think it's pretty awesome. Frickin' awesome! (laughs) So do you know what kind of content we have in there? Tell us. Go on, I'll tell you. So, we have Forage Fridays, Muscle Mondays. We have all the sessions that you have with Trudy recorded and on there, all the behind the scenes stuff, the visits that I go do, for example, working with feral donkeys and how we get around that, all our workarounds, warts and all. Yeah. It's all there.
0: Behavior. Behavior. We have forage. We have different species that we work with. We have... Fun little videos that
1: we create on how to make herbal teas and stuff. Yeah, we have anatomy. We have enrichment ideas. Oh, there's tons. There is tons. There's lots and lots. And anybody that we interview as well, that goes on Patreon, doesn't it? Because you actually get to see their face. Yeah. On
0: Zoom. Yeah. yeah. So our
1: Shauna videos on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Our Helen Moffitt one. Jesse Samson Dr Emily Kisson is going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the top of the Patreon page and you can just search by the categories. So you can have training or targeting or stationary targeting. Loading. Loading. Loads of different stuff on there. It is only eight pounds thirty three a month. Yeah. For it our is. Patreon site, which I think for the amount of content we get is great. And we have such a lovely group of patrons, but we want more people over, don't we? We, we want to do. get the discussion started more. We do. And also our patrons will always get exclusive first choice to the events that we are holding and our C P D days. And they're in there too, actually, aren't they? They, so are. they are we've got
0: feature length movies about feet. and gut gut. biomes yeah i know so much content so how can we get on how can you find us on patreon well what you can do
1: is just search for little green stables and you will find it and often with our social media posts we're linking into that patreon site so you can just find one of our social media posts too or just google patreon little green stables
0: hello Kate hi Becky you, you always like wait I
1: always think do I need to prompt you I'm sure you've heard recording is in process and then I
0: need to fill it with something no don't I have to press got it on my side oh okay that's why so maybe maybe that's why and I, I've had a very long day and um
1: we're both sat. Well, obviously, we're on Zoom again, so we're both sat in our respective houses, um, having a little glass of wine, aren't we? Um, yeah,
0: uh, it's just why not <laughs> three weeks for me building up to Christmas, getting everybody in. I'm only not working for one week, I'm not working for one week, but it's like fitting everybody in in that one in those three weeks before that. I don't know why it's so silly, but it just is crazy, and um trying to also do family stuff it's just it's just a little bit manic and I've've the internet I've, it? it is and January's booked up February's booked up I've booked in a client today in March oh my goodness I know it's good it's really good I shouldn't complain and I'm not complaining but it's just yeah it's just
1: Becky it's I'm gonna up, I'm gonna bring up something and I All think right. you're gonna be okay with me bringing it up. <laughs> because we'll yeah, i don't know what
0: we're talking no, about. no i know today. well
1: i have so last time we saw each other was last week and we were with lovely irene parrot i love it? irene i love oh, irene
0: well, so lovely. and i ordered a couple of those books and one of them is super scary
1: <laughs> eco-feminism Eco-fem- books yeah uh,
0: what was it the um i'll find it but it was super scary so she gave me a couple of titles And I ordered them both because I'm on holiday in February. So I thought, oh, that's good. I'll order them for that and I'll take them. So here we go. The sexual politics of meat. Ooh. And that is deep shit, man. That's That's like, oh, my God. And then (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to get on with it. And she actually put, it's more challenging, but that's not a bad thing. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like oh, i don't know and then the other one yes, I have started, i've started reading already is entangled empathy an alternative ethic for our relationships with animals and i've started that early which i shouldn't have done just because i was in the car not driving and i thought oh i'll just start reading it and i love that okay already so oh. um,
1: well, I'm looking yeah. forward to borrowing these books off you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So we saw each other last week. Lovely, Irene. And actually, off podcast, we were having lots of chats, and one came up about a post that you made last
0: week. Or what did it come out this week of your niece? Oh, on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah little little the youngest member in our family. Yeah. So how old is your niece? She's four. She's, She's very four. tall. Yeah, and so
1: usually, I mean, this was, like, unusual for you. You wanted to put up a post, and it was off your niece, um, and she was helping helping you rug up um, Archie, and you were a little bit concerned because she wasn't wearing a hat in the photo, and you were umming and ahhing whether it was uh, going to cause a shit show, basically, if you posted it with the yeah whole thing. yeah yeah exactly so that kind of got me thinking a little bit about safety horses kids and obviously there has to be a study involved right because there's always a study involved
0: okay um
1: which isn't as related to what i then went on to think about but i guess um i guess for me i remember a very prominent organisation coming to the Conquest Centre to um, look at uh, some of the work we were doing with Equus Scholars as they were interested. And uh, I remember walking, as so I showed them around, lovely, lovely ladies, and then I remember walking into the arena to show them what was happening, and I had Gemma, who we all know who Gemma is by now. So Gemma is working with six students, I think, and a horse of ours called Charlie, um, who is oh, seventeen or eighteen now. Something. No, he's older than that. Is he Charlie's? Yeah, he's so older. Let's, than let's that. just stick with that because that makes me realise how old I am. Um, so okay, he's older than that. Everybody is older than that. Anyway, they were in on the ground and they were doing, I'm pretty sure they were doing some kind of site or or how to create relationships with your horse, basically. So lots of scratching and and looking at how the horse is, um, how Charlie was reacting to that. And then was he um, connecting with the students or not? Anyway. And as soon as we walked in, I saw the look on these two ladies' faces and they looked, (laughs) the eyebrows went up and I was like, oh, great. Okay. And I said, look, I know right now you are concerned that I have six children in there with a horse with no hats on, on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but this is my take on it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we know, I I tried to find the statistic. I cannot find it. We know that within the horse, right? Quine sector um at the accident rates with kids is ridiculously high obviously they're running prey animals it's not exactly you know (laughs) they're a prey animal do you know what I mean it's like if you think of any prey animal you get on there's there's a risk of injury or whatever but also this isn't just riding this is generally being around horses and stuff so I have this really strong belief that um, number one, in understanding behavior and understanding signals of stress and understanding things like calming signals and really educating ourselves, we can be a lot safer around horses. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also believe if you make a kid put a hat on or, um, for everything that they do with a horse, that that is giving the wrong impression of the horse. Now I mean, all these alarm bells are going off and everybody's like, oh, this is awful. But those kids, and this is what I try to explain to the ladies. You know, if I said to them, okay, we're gonna go work Charlie, we're gonna do some connection work with him. We're gonna look at his behavior, but I all want you to put on a hat, right? Mm-hmm. These kids are already versed in behavior. They already know that as a prey animal, if there is some kind of um, aversive stimulus, then that horse may react to it, regardless of the fact that our horses are specifically taught not to react to most stimuli. Um, so I, I I think that if you then ask a child to put a hat on, you're immediately saying, this is dangerous. Working with this animal is dangerous. And I think that opens us up for um, a real... Uh, it gives us a lot of problems from the get-go, right, with the horses. Because the way I know, the way that I grew up working with and owning horses and everything, it was all about staying safe. And from staying safe, I was taught was by wearing all this, you know, a hat, everything you could. But I was never taught about what are the signs that a horse might do something except for ears back. Yeah, ears flat back was about the only Mm -hmm. thing I was ever taught, which we all know that, you know, if you just look at the ears, it can, it's not very, uh, you can get it wrong a lot of the times. So I guess I'm interested in your take, Becky, on that. And, you know, because I know that you were worried about it with your niece, but you weren't, you weren't worried when she was doing it with
0: Archie, were you? No, and I think... Yeah, I think it has uh, several levels to it. So, um, interestingly, today I was at a yard and I see these lovely horses every month. They're very happy. They're in a mixed herd, out all the time, on a track system. So they have a, a good environment. And one of the ladies had brought her friend with her, who was from London, And she doesn't live with horses, she doesn't have horses, she doesn't have animals, but she'd come to stay with her friend who has these horses, and she said, I just love being with them, I just love um, smelling them, I just love touching them, I just love being around them. And it's really interesting because as a child, I was super scared, and I was like, so it's really funny because you you're talking about this today and we didn't discuss this before, and I said to her, you popped in my head, you know, you you with that whole, well, that's that preconceived, that's you being give, being fed that information from society, from your peers, from your parents that horses are dangerous and that you have to wear hats and that you mustn't go around the back and you must go around the front. So I said, you've 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 come to see these horses with all those misconceptions but actually ideas yeah they they're not they don't want conflict they don't want to fight you if you know if all their needs are met then actually and there's no serious previous trauma yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. disclaimer disclaimer they're (laughs) actually they're actually quite they're pacifiers they're they're gentle beings they're they're not interested in all of that so so that was that was kind of cool from that point I think for Robin, who's four, and she's a very tall four-year-old because she comes from an extended part of my family, and most of my my family are short, but her family are very tall. So she's very tall, and she is animal mad. So they don't have animals. They live on the outskirts of the city. Um, they don't have animals. They have access to the moors, so they have access to ponies. Um, they have access to dogs and cats. In the family unit, but they don't have animals at home. So she's absolutely animal mad, but she's also one of these little girls that likes to do laces, and zips, and buckles and buttons, mm. you know. Um, and uh, when so when they came for the day, she she wants to help put every like put everyone to bed in inverted commas. She wants to um, feed everybody. She wants to put their rugs on. She wants She wants to do everything. And it's actually really lovely because I have two boys and I love my boys. They're great. But when they used to ride, they really seriously didn't want to do any of the grooming or the rugging. Or I can vouch for else.
1: that. I'm just going to say I used to teach your boys and I can totally vouch for that. It's like I want to ride and then I want to go in the park and play. Yes. I, don't want to, I don't want to go and do any of that stuff. Come on. Exactly. So to have a little girl
0: <laughs> who wants to clean tack and do the rugs and make sure the feed's all measured out, even at four, is kind of like, ooh, it's yeah. like my grandchild come early. And um, so, yeah, so she, she, was, she was very confident. She's very independent. She's the youngest of three. She's the only girl. So... She's, um, so that should, to those of you with children, that kind of says a lot. Um, So she's very determined, she knows her own mind. And so when we went down to rug Archie, she really wanted to do it herself. And she was super um, focused and determined and patient, but we were not allowed to interfere. And so she did the the front singles, uh, you know, and and that's where the picture was, and I took the picture because it was so sweet because she's Diddy with her beautiful brown curls, and Archie's fifteen two, and he's just looking into the distance, and um, and and I took the picture and it was lovely, and I sent it to our little family group, and they kind of like, oh, that's so gorgeous, and then I was so wanted to put it on social media, and then I had that block of eek. Because I think, there's, so there's many levels. So one level is the fact that the horses are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to make sure that children are protected. They should be wearing hats. That horse doesn't have a head collar on. That horse is not held by an adult. Um, mm-hmm. That child could get, you know, railroaded, whatever. I mean, when you know the situation and you know Archie and you know our environment, then those things change. But, so, but, but, but you can't explain my... that all the time.
1: No. And that is another point, isn't it? Because actually you can have a kid with a hat on with an adult that does not get behavior or signs. And that could be more dangerous than a kid being in a field with someone who knows that, right, they're in their environment where they feel safest. They're with their herd. They're with their friends. They don't, you know, there's no big noises going on. He's not showing any signs of stress, blah, 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 blah. Like that is can be so much safer right mm-hmm. then because you're doing an assessment of the whole environment and yes and i am that with ten, their kids i've
0: had Archie for 10 years this happens every day you know in his winter autumn winter life this happens every day but every yeah day 10 years but i think that you have like that's exactly it
1: so What also I said to these ladies are we also talk about different types of horses and we do a lot of this with Equus Scholars is saying, um, okay, so we're going to do this touch exercise or whatever. So it's about going into the stable with the horse. But. Um, we try and do most things outside of the stable so that the horse you can really get feedback whether the horse wants to be involved or not. You know, we want to set up the environment for success in every activity, et cetera, et cetera. But um we distinguish. So what we say is these are our horses, and you know our horses. Okay. And we're assessing their behavior because we know the baseline for our horses. Yeah. And every horse, as we know, is an individual and every horse has a different baseline. And we have to get to know that behavior first before we can do anything that involves us not wearing, you know, PPE or whatever. Let's assess our baseline. But when we're not doing things hands on, because also that's really dangerous, right? You don't know a horse at all and you're going to go and do something with them. Yes. okay, wear a hat. Yes, absolutely. But let's get to know are equines but we say you know okay so if this was uh, you were going onto a yard and it's a, a racing yard and you're going to work with some horses would you go in would you put the head collar on would you not our horses we know you wouldn't because you feel confident enough but of course if you didn't know the horse you would tie it up and so we go through the fact that every horse is unique and you really have to assess the whole situation mm-hmm. and have some history on that horse before you really can feel safe with them and to be honest as an adult that's how I feel like as well I always kind of want, yeah and I think I think
0: children I think what we're doing by educating children I've got to be careful here and I'm going to say it and maybe I'll have to backtrack but we've got to be careful with our education with children not to introduce fear with animals that they're interacting with so when, when I, why I, I not- was worried
1: about right that's why I was so fearful of horses when I was younger yeah. even we owned horses but also I rode at riding schools and when I came back I was fearful of them and I'd ride I'd be like oh my god I just gotta look good and because everybody's watching me and I'm like 30 and I should be great by now and everything I did you know it it it, it was fear bait I was fearful when I really asked yeah. myself that question I was like you know, and especially I had kids then, you know, so you have kids and you're so much more fearful of hurting yourself. Yeah,
0: but that's not, you know, I treat horses all day, every day and I don't approach them or work with them in a fearful state, neither do you. And I do not want to instill that fear into a four year old girl. So Archie is at 26 in January. I've had him for 10 years. He is the most gentle boy ever. When um, So a few years ago, Rum, who is my six-year-old, who I would not let Robin rug, I would not let that little girl (laughs) rug in the same situation. Although he would be fine, he would be fine, but the risk just isn't because, because Rum doesn't have... The self-preservation almost that Archie's But doesn't that, that become but
1: and also though, Becky, that becomes the work, right? So that's the challenge yes. for us. And yes. that's the if we learn about stuff and we learn about rum and we do it, you know, that's that's the learning of working with rather than learning these sweeping, yes, there are general rules that we all should have, but actually we should be teaching this on an individual level, just like mm. us humans. You know, we all have our our stuff. Horses have their stuff, and and that's the work, isn't it? It's like that's mm. the next like run. I, like I think that. <laughs> I
0: think if you whitewash it all with this this band of you must wear a hat, you must never Tie them out. up, and you must you yeah. yeah then I think you lose the magic, and and I'm not saying I don't mean that in a woo woo fairy bullshit way. I'm just saying the magic of working with another being, not just just another animal. It could be a dog, it could be if you go in with that whole restraint um wall up, you know, you're losing connection. And again, I don't mean that in a fairy way. I mean connection on a level. You can't but, Yeah.
1: But also and uh, and that leads to more accidents I'm sure because we're not too good we're not looking for people are you with me today you're not with me are you looking out yeah. into the distance is there a hunt what's going on like you know and it still blows my mind Becky that this isn't available well it is but it isn't on a wider scale but I um then went on to um think about like other animal and child relationships and you know, I was thinking about like dogs. You know, so it's funny how we look at dogs differently. So we have to wear no PPE around dogs because they are pets. Yet, yeah. mm. dogs can do more damage than horses, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, and that, and again, We've I think created. that's another that's another level of the why I was kind of apprehensive about posting that picture was because of the um the. The damage that we do when we promote human children uh, doing things to animals, whether it's doing the rug, whether it's sitting on them, whether it's pulling their ear, whether it's smiling, sharing a lollipop. You know, it's so, it's such a huge subject and it can be very, very, um. It can be harmful when you see it when you see a little puppy being squeezed by a little child and you look at that and the little child is absolutely adoring that moment but the puppy is ex- excruciatingly uncomfortable and so I don't want to promote that I don't need to choose a child and a horse to boost my likes to make me a you know go on a platform so I think there were other levels of my dilemma other than the safety level. It was also the exploitation. What am level. I
1: promoting? Yeah. As a responsibility. As yes. a to promote safe Yeah, but it's that safe. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're thinking I need to promote safe practice, but actually, that isn't necessarily safe practice. Because yeah. it's a little bit just wearing a hat. Really, mm-hmm. if a horse is is gonna do something, a hat is not gonna save your whole body. Like, you know, there's a lot. There's yeah. a, I, yeah. I mean, I know the head's the important part, a very important part, but I don't know. It just it just got me um thinking about that and you know how these misunderstandings and misrepresentations and also the subliminal or subconscious messages that are going through when we're asking kids right you're about to do this with the horse so therefore you must put on a hat how that also creates a more dangerous situation because along with that becomes those becomes the it comes those presumptions by the child and then that horse gets treated a little bit more harshly than normal and then that exasperates problem and you can see it's just you know mm-hmm. you can see why there's this massive gap in behavior i know i'm talking my own agenda right now but it's something
0: No i think it's <laughs> so important and i think it's really important to say because i also think with the with the dogs we it the relation going back to what irene was saying last week in that we are not expecting our dogs to be dogs anymore. And we don't really expect our horses to be horses anymore. And I'm excluding our Patreons and I'm excluding our listeners. But on the grand scheme of things, we are bracketing these animals into constructs that are not natural for them. And that's then limiting their social an emotional well-being then you go and get a child that jumps all over them or goes underneath them or swings from their tail or whatever and you're just exasperating this um where you know where do where do we go from that you know it's kind of I don't kind but, of also, of my... but also don't you think that if you promote
1: that with a child if a child is allowed to jump over and do whatever they want with a horse then they're going to do that with any animal but then also what does that teach them about boundaries and boundaries with humans for example Absolutely. you know and and then where so if we say well it's it's okay to do to animals but it's not okay to do with humans so what does that then tell them about sentient beings and what are we teaching them about that
0: It's a a massive subject, and I think with the birds, I've got a very good friend in London, she's a lovely, lovely lady, um, she's a cat lady, so very into her cats, very knowledgeable with her cats, she doesn't have dogs, she she only has cats, but we're we're good friends, we met on a herbal course uh, many years ago, and and, um, we've stayed friends ever since, and she would be like my cat Jedi, so if anybody's got any cat issues, I can point you in her direction, But she sends me every now and then, she'll send me these parrot um TikToks, whatever, Facebook, whatever. I don't Don't know what they are. I don't know, I don't know what they are, but they're parrots. And it might be a parrot riding on top of the back of a labrador. And it might be a labrador licking a parrot, or it might be a parrot picking the
1: Okay, I'm the ear of a I'm interested because you often see cats riding on the back of horses or other animals on the back of horses, as okay, well.
0: Okay, so I don't like the whole parrot cat parrot dog thing because, because that's their predators. Yeah. Wow. And you, we, you do not. We have we have been well. Our bo- our guys, our parrots are through charity, and one of their stipulations are you do not mix fur and feathers. You do not mix it. Now, cats, cats are very different because cats, um, if cats nicked a parrot, they have, you know, they could um, quite easily cause a very deep wound very quickly. But also that could cause um, an infection very quickly. So you think about the cat's claws versus the dog's claws. So Mm. there's another level in a cat playing with a parrot than a dog playing with a parrot. However, you just don't do it. You just would not do it. Even, and, and I've got people I know that will say, well, my parrot will pet the dog's eyes out and the dog is scared of the parrot. It's like, but is that a healthy relationship in any level? No, mm-hmm. it's not. Keep them keep them kind of separate. or Or if you don't keep them separate, keep them separate via a glass, a window or a door, you know, something. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are people that live with parrots and dogs very happily But for me, it's something I don't want to go down that route with. And I am very, have always been very strict with the boys when they were younger, with the dogs and the horses and the pigs, because we had pet pigs then, and the sheep, of how they reacted and treated. And the chickens, how they reacted and treated the animals. They're not toys. Um, And if they approach you, that's fine. But if they don't, you don't approach them. But I don't know whether that follows through. So, so my friend sends me all these lovely videos, and they're all very cute and sweet. But I kind of, I'm always thinking, "Oh my god, another one," you know, and it just yeah, worries yeah. me. It worries me. But yes, yeah. you do also it, see cats riding on horses and cats. I don't does.
1: know. It totally does, you know. And I, um, yeah, I totally get I'm, it. There's, I'm not sure. Work to be done and I think that you do have to you know to get the buy-in from kids that are watching that stuff and 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 doing that stuff um you have to like sell really make like a cool but you gotta make it cool you gotta make behavior cool Mm -hmm. somehow (laughs) you know and and really show um what you can do, I guess, you know, it's It's a really difficult one. Obviously, if anybody had the answer, it, the world would probably be different. But I, do, once again, I will go back to the world is changing and kids are becoming, I do think kids are becoming a lot more aware. I just think we need to educate more as much as possible on behaviour. Let me just I, talk quick. Oh, go on, you go. Well,
0: I was just going to say, my dogs are around my horses all the time. So on the flip side...
1: She's You've still got, on dogs riding horses.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't ride the horses, but they're around the horses all the time. And there's a really um mutual symbiosis there. There's not uh that my dogs are not scared of horses. No. My dogs are not scared of horses, and my horses are not scared of dogs
1: either. Yeah.
0: And I I and and that that seemed, that relationship seems to work quite well, but there's no um active behavior there's always behavior obviously but yeah. there's no what do you you know tailored behavior the behavior is free natural it's not yeah it, it's not processed i'm not expecting i've done some mat work actually with cricket and rum and they seem to enjoy each other's company and they're very similar in personality but um there's not um there's no i don't I don't feel that there's any fear as where i have seen horses that for sale that people have shown me videos of them being walked and trotted up and there's been dogs biting their hocks as they've been trotting up some and you're like some oh trainers gosh.
1: use that as a training method do you know that yeah so yeah, trainers what they'll do is they'll use go. that to get them on the correct diagonal for uh when free schooling and stuff so they like yeah. get that prey drive in it yeah i've seen it um yeah, I've seen it. Um, I'm not sure what I think nice. about it, but I do know... Well, you are,
0: but you, you, you know.
1: <laughs> I do know that when <laughs> I used to have my lurcher, Fusa, if there were horses in the arena, she'd be absolutely fine. But if they went up into trot canter, she would go into hunting mode. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? I will also say, horses and kids is I have seen some unbelievable stuff happen between horses and kids that I could not explain to you. And there seems to be um, something that can happen there that is so wonderfully special. And there's a communication and a... I remember actually taking Isaac once uh and I've got a video of it I I will post it I'll repost it but there's a video of him with um the herd and it was snowing at Christmas so we had to put them all in the indoor arena and we were having to like sort out the water and it was an absolute nightmare I remember just sitting there and he was just like having this conversation with the horses as they came up and like looked at him but he never like Put his hand out. He just spoke to him. Oh, are you a bit worried? Are you not? And I'll never forget that. It was like such a beautiful interaction and them coming up to him. And he instinctively knew not to, you know, go in there with a the hand or get what he needed. He was like reading the horses and it was, there was something beautiful. But I have seen some absolutely astonishing things happen that has taken my breath away. So, you know, there's this whole unexplained thing as well, um, that very special that can happen. And I often think that's because kids have less stuff. They bring less stuff to the game. <laughs> and they're, they're often a lot better with horses than we are because we can't get past ourselves sometimes. Anyway, let me just tell you about this study that I found very quickly, because even though it's very loose, it's quite loosely, I mean, it's related to kids and horses, in a way um but actually I just thought it was quite interesting so it was of course uh Leia Landsade, um if no one knows ethology Leia Lansade so they've got like my dream set up so it's a bunch of scientists and they've got like a herd of horses and they carry out all these really cool research on horses and the kind of things that you always want to know about like facial recognition and, and stuff like that. Basically, that I'm sure this isn't how it works, but it seems this is how it works is the way that um, Lea Lansade explains it. It's like, she goes like, I wanna know about this. And then they do an experiment on it, which is like my dream. Cause there's so many things I'd love experiments I'd like to do in research and figuring stuff out. But anyway, so what they wanted to do. So the the paper is called, and it's Lea Lansade plus about 10 other people um, and it's called horses form cross-modal representations of adults and children. So, what they wanted to find out is basically, um, we know from previous research that horses can um, recognize facial expressions, right? We, we've kind—I of, think we've talked about that in another podcast. So, we know facial expressions, emotions—you know—horses can read. But what about the voice? And can they distinguish between an adult's voice and a child's voice? And if so, what are the results of that? So what they did is they set up uh, two screens. One would have a picture of an adult on, one would have a picture of a child on, but they were muted. So they were talking, but they were muted. But they would then play over a speaker, uh, an adult voice and a child voice, but it would come from different TVs okay does that make sense so far so what they would look at is sometimes with yeah the, that so, makes sense so so if the adult voice was speaking with a child voice that that incongruency the horses spent longer looking at that going mm, that doesn't match so they actually saw that there was so a, if the adult uh, I, hang on.
0: So, so the they adult
1: base looking at the TV that had a child's voice, but an adult's, an adult's face. face. Yeah. Because it wasn't it was incongruent, it wasn't right, yeah. didn't match. Then yeah. they did to a match. Um, and what they so it was 31 Welsh mares that they did this, which I think is their herd because we've we've talked about some yeah, of yeah, we have Welsh. they
0: always use mares, Welsh, mares. yeah,
1: yeah. And so they did say obviously it would be interesting to see stallions and You know how that would um, be different, but um, what they also saw is obviously um, they only used women, so it was a female adult and a female child. But they saw um, they recorded like you know defecation, head shakes, scratching ground, anything that that seemed abnormal. They kind of like put it out. They noticed that some of the horses kept one eye on the door so they weren't included in the study so you know they got it down to a group that that could do it and they gauged the amount of time that they spent on the this um screen and what they saw was that with the kids vocalizations as well the heart rate increased of a horse but not an adult's so Mm -hmm. suggesting there's a stronger emotional response to children now i would be really interested in knowing now with stallions does that happen because you know is it is it a maternal thing Mm. is it to do with hormones is it to do with I don't know some mother earth thing that, that that links us to all living females on this planet I don't know it's um but it was really interesting actually and then I'm thinking okay Maybe kids, if they were trained in the right way, could be much better horse people than us adults.
0: (laughs) I think, I mean, I think if you go back to the horse boy, which, um, Uh, yeah, I think Conquest, you know, were worked very closely with horse boy and Chantelle and Dylan. Mm. Dylan was your your bareback riding horse, and how that sort of, um, What's his name? I can't think of his name. Rupert his name? Isaacson. Rupert Isaacson. His son, um, through his autism, kind of created this relationship with a mare that was seen as quite dominant and quite abrupt, wasn't she, with other humans, mm. but, but but his son fell. Didn't he fall off a horse or something? Or he no, walked down in front of her he or something? ran out the house and ended up in a
1: field so okay so let's go so Rupert dad is uh always been involved with horses also a journalist right um him and his wife they were in the house their son had never been around well had never ridden or anything like that and he he ran he ran away and they couldn't find him and they found him in the field opposite with a herd of horses and they went to run and get him because they thought he's in danger because the horses were around but then they didn't because they started to see these interactions and how the herd was um yeah was interacting with him and then from there started to become the horse boy method now as far as i'm aware unless things have changed you know, the horse boy method was very much based on um, a lot of it was to do with the physiology of riding. So what happens is when you go yeah. at a faster pace, for example, canter, what happens is your hips rock. And if we think about other times in life, <laughs> when our hips, we've rock, talked about
0: this. Yeah. We? <laughs>
1: yeah. can kept feel good chemicals that we get it's based on that and the fact that with autism if you've got all those oxytocin serotonin all those things running around your body what you're able to do is calm the mind more and therefore able to learn more but you need to be going at this certain pace mm. for it. and it has to be there's a certain blobby trot that's really good for it as well that we trained dylan to do uh that chantelle trained dylan to do um but yeah he is uh yeah, I mean, you know, therapy wise, I mean, there's so many different schools of thought, and we're slightly going off tangent now, aren't we? I don't yeah, we are, we in. are, but I
0: just I think he's, <laughs> worth, he's worth, he's definitely worth um, mentioning well, because I do think that animals have that ability to sense weaknesses, strengths, and yeah, weaknesses.
1: Strengths. Well, what do they say? They so, um, some. Equine facilitated learning, equine facilitated therapists, you know, they refer to the horse as medicine or mirrors. So they either mirror how we feel, which a lot of us have experienced when we've been nervous getting on a horse and the horse is all whizzy um, or like, you know, spooky but also it works the other way where they can medicate so they give you what you need so maybe you are heightened what they do is they'll try and bring that down and it's interesting because now i know what i know about behavior i can see that that's a survival thing Mm. that feeds into calming signals that feeds into all Mm. that kind of work doesn't it and i guess my final my final thing to say on this whole point now that we've got here is you know we we talk about yeah horses being mirror medicine we talk about horses um like helping us with therapy but actually and there is there is this this thing that we can't explain but actually a lot of it can be explained through mm. behavior but we're branding it as something different
0: definitely
1: And I think that that's what we've got to get over. (laughs) And I think, hey, actually, this is why this is happening. And these are the lessons that we can learn from that. And
0: I think that's the ego of the human being, isn't it? That's where we need to step off that pedestal that everybody here is to support us and our world and our feelings and our validation. And actually that's
1: not true at all. And, well, but no, it's exactly. a really good the horse, And I don't think like the horse is here to heal us. I No. Think the horse is here to teach us how to be resilient and what lessons can we learn from the horse to help ourselves? Because at the end of the day, we got to help up. We've got to learn to help ourselves. No one can do it mm. for it in any kind of therapy. No, You can go to therapy and not do the work. And then whatever therapy is, and it doesn't work. No. it comes from you whatever it is whatever mm. therapy you have having is guidance for what you know inside mm. so i think horses less should be put on them of being like they're gonna heal me because it, it more should be on like no we're gonna we're gonna heal together on this journey together and we're gonna learn it soon. i love
0: i love that they're gonna heal me
1: <laughs> that's obviously how everyone talks right the when-
0: exorcist the exorcist <laughs> but i actually think the horses, and i think I mean, I think you and me come on the same page, and I think honestly listeners do too, The horse is very good at being a horse. Yeah. that That's its That's role. it. Yeah. That's this kind of role. <laughs> oh, well, well, we, we can take lessons
1: that. from them all. I'm just halfway through a TED Talk about how a chicken taught someone resilience. So, Nothing you know. Like yeah, there's so much, isn't there? An ex-battery chicken. Anyway, there's so much. And I, but I just... I'm a bit I guess I get a bit fed up with everything that's like I just think we need to be transparent with our kit and just explain no this is this is behavior this
0: is mm. you know, mm. not so-and-so's
1: method or this method or that method this is just how it is
0: yeah well I think we coin things don't we we like to label stuff we're full of labels. I mean, we I like say that I've studied equis
1: scholars, so I'm I am kind of doing the same thing.
0: Well, you are, but but I think I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think equis scholars is a positive thing. I think if it's a positive thing, it's different. I think if it's if it's gotten if, if it's trying to strip people, and then I don't, then I don't. Well, I just think it's
1: people trying to take credit from an yeah. animal when it's like do you know what i mean it's like yeah no saying? i know it's like hang on a minute no let's give the horse it's juice. let's give this animal it's juice. It's like, yeah. it's like i don't want therapy to become another thing we take because yeah. that's wrong because that's not it's not right is it and it's human no. you don't do that like it's a, it's um we need to start thinking more about the welfare of our therapy animals and all that
0: kind of stuff and different, more harmonious ways of working with them, I guess. We do. And, you know, and and to come full circle, I think little Robin, who's four years old, who's the youngest member of my family, who went and... Who's going to be the youngest Equus Scholar. She she absolutely loved it. And um, for Christmas, so she's heavily into Barbies, but for Christmas, I went. I went to get her a Barbie and and um, and pony, but they're like thirty quid plus. Oh my god! So I actually got her a Barbie walking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you Barbie walking a dog. like twenty quid. So I can, I can do that. One of three. So I've got to kind of think of everybody else as well. But um, it was it was you know I I took the photo. It was very cute. It was very sweet, and I might have used that a little bit. But actually, she she was safe. She was safe. Had it, been a, had it been Jim, I would have let her do it. If it had been Flam, um, yeah, I would have let her do it. If it had been Finn, I would have let her do it. Yeah. If it was Rum or Reg, no. But then the other guys, they're all over 15, you know. They've been there, done it. So I think it, Did she go yeah, near it rum at all? I'd be so interested in his well, she loves rum and rum loves her. So rum's very um inquisitive. But I don't rum is one of those horses that will go through you to to get out of something or will yeah, jump on yeah. top of you exactly. if he's worried. So I have I have a very good um understanding. And when when rum railroaded me back a few years ago and ended I ended up in hospital with stitches in my knee, it was Archie that he was Pushing out of the way, and Archie and Rum knocked me over, and Archie actually stood on me. I had a hoof mark on the back of my leg, but as he and, and mine are barefoot, but as he stood on me, he kind of almost realised he was he was on skin and not on concrete, and kind of just pressed and went off. Do you know what I mean? He could have crushed yeah. my leg, and he didn't, and and that's I mean Archie is, is a, very much not submissive is the wrong word but he's not well you know he's 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 just he's not confrontational he's completely the opposite he just doesn't want any he would never ever ever um do anything to to make you feel that you needed to move out of the way mm. ever. um and that's the type of horse he is and um, so I had no problem with it, but I did have a problem with fa- posting it, but mainly because of the neckheads and the keyboard warriors. And that leads us on, I know we're going to round up now. But oh yeah, I was going to say, oh, to yeah. our next subject, which I'm hoping Trudy's going to join us with. Well, she has to join us. She <laughs> has to, because I don't want to do it. Instrumental <laughs> in the training. So my Dismount Matt um, video came out last week and I have had some fantastic feedback which has been really lovely. I've also had a lot of negative feedback, which, you know, we focus on the negative, which we shouldn't do um, because um, that's not really great. But um, we have had some negative feedback. It's been a controversial
1: post, which is actually, you
0: know, it's a good thing because it gets people talking. Yeah, it gets people talking. And uh, yeah, it does. So let's leave it at that. But um, yeah, be interesting to see. Well, so we're got... hoping
1: to have some news on that post soon. Is what you were going to say? Is that right? Is
0: that what I was going to say? I don't know. I was just going to say it'd be interesting to see what um, what <laughs> what Trudy says to the uh, feedback and what you say to the feedback and what I say, which is always taylor swift obviously but <laughs> but you know what some people have got a lot of time on their hands haven't they to write masses <laughs> masses of shit <laughs> okay okay <We> had it. <laughs> and, and, as, and as i say all the unedited and how we trained it you can go see that you just have to go on Patreon.
1: Exactly, and for you know, our unedited podcast, except for one small blip one time that we edited yeah. that, that I said. Apart from that, we are unedited, man. That's yeah, it. we are. Get it all yeah. here.
0: Well, I'm going to yeah. end it. All right, my lovely. I'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.